0: granite state game day
1: with sean sendall i am the
2: smartest man alive and the coach what's going on i said is cat in the house cat in the house i said there's a cat
1: in the house mike Bellevue.
3: mike why are you in such a bad mood what do you care talking
1: everything from new hampshire high school athletics through the collegiate ranks and up to the professionals nothing is off the table with these two And a good Saturday morning to you here from ESPN, New Hampshire. It's Granite State Game Day with myself, Sean Sendall. Waking up on uh, what is really quite the foggy day outside. Uh, I woke up and took my drive in and really couldn't see that far in front of you. So just be cognizant, be aware. For most of you listening right now, you're sitting there going, Yeah, I know. I'm sitting here outside. You really can't see all that far. Now, with that said, it wasn't all that cold out. It wasn't absolutely frigid out, which is a positive thing. The uh, holiday stroll on Main Street is today or next Saturday? One of the two. I think it's next Saturday. I could be wrong, though. But that's coming up. You don't want it too cold for that. You don't want it snowing. But at the same time, you need it to feel like winter. Uh, But Main Street looks like Christmas now here in Nashua with the lights and everything else being set up for the holiday season. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, whether it was just simply taking a break from work for a day, day and a half, half a day, whatever it may be. I hope everyone did have a great Thanksgiving out there. And uh, I wanted to be, in case you hadn't heard, for whatever reason, and in case you were curious, Apparently, last night or yesterday, Fidel Castro died. This is this was news to me when I came in. So uh, he was 90. Of course, he stepped down, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Gave up his, some of his power to his brother, which is part of the reason why the U.S. is and uh, people are actually talking to Cuba again and down there visiting. Uh, but Fidel Castro died. Coach, is that news to you?
4: That is news to me. Uh, no, I saw it. I got up during the middle of the night. And went on Twitter and saw that he died at 90 years old. Is this
1: a regular practice of yours, waking up in the middle of the night to look at a Twitter? Yes, unfortunately.
4: <laughs> unfortunately, my sleeping, I don't know, it's erratic. <laughs> at my age, I don't know why.
1: <laughs> but Twitter, says you, you grab your phone, you can't sleep. I would imagine that keeps you up, though, more. If you're grabbing your phone, right? Because you're concentrating on something, you're doing something else.
4: Sometimes I grab my phone and just sit on the couch and look at Twitter, look at Facebook. I don't know. It's just stupid. (laughs) Or I go on the computer. All right. Well, it wasn't news to Coach because he was up in the middle of the night.
1: But for those of you who weren't, it may have been news because it was news to me this morning. So Fidel Castro, honestly, crazy, crazy, uh, but a figure of history that everyone knows nonetheless. So Fidel Castro dead at 90 as of last night. So I'm sorry I couldn't scoop you, Coach. I didn't realize that you're – practices to wake up in the middle of the night and peruse Twitter uh, would have scooped me on that one. So,
4: you know, I like to get up in the middle of the night, especially uh, before our show and get ready for the show with any any NBA news, college news, you know, Twitter's right there for me.
1: Well, I will say that since we didn't have
4: a show
1: last weekend, we were both busy, uh, you know, for really, well, the past week or so we had a busy Saturday last Saturday. I unfortunately had a busy Saturday for family commitment reasons. Uh not how I wanted it to be busy, uh, but there were three great games at UNH that we crowned three champions here in the state of New Hampshire for football and uh of course a couple of days ago it was just Thanksgiving. So coach, let's let, let me how was your Thanksgiving, man?
4: My Thanksgiving was very very good. Um usually it's um my f- immediate family and then my wife's family because her parents, have mo- they moved up to Hopkinton, New Hampshire like 10, 12 years ago. But um, what was really nice was I w- went down to Mass and picked up my 85-year-old mom, who I have to say is a cancer survivor two times in the last two years. She's gone through treatment, and she's just doing unbelievable. Like, her weight is up. Her attitude is amazing. It always has been anyway, but her energy is off the charts. I mean, can't get a word in edgewise. I certainly got caught up with my side of the family's gossip for the last two years or whatever. (laughs) So she was great. Um, In as you know, I always, I'll talk about my kids on this show a lot, but uh, my three kids were home. My daughter was home from UNC Chapel Hill. I was going to ask, yeah. My son was home from College of the Charleston and Charleston, so I have one in each of the Carolinas. And then my oldest son, Andrew, the engineer from Boston, was up. So the... House, house full of family. I love. I don't know how you feel, but I, I love Thanksgiving. I mean, it's like great food, family, and of course the other F is football. You know, watch a little bit of football. Watch the, the Lions come back late and win it. Watch the Cowboys look like the best they've looked in a decade, and um, more than a decade. And then a, a lousy. I think it just. A, I know it was a backup quarterback, but Indianapolis, Pittsburgh took it to him pretty good at Indy, 28-7, so the Steelers, I'm a big, not for his off-the-field stuff, but I'm a big Roethlindsberger fan, so yeah. I think he's very, very good. I, I enjoy watching him throw to Antonio Brown. It's a great combination.
1: Right, and then watching on Bell running through sure. the backfield. Sure. They really do have on offense that 1-2-3 that you want, the stud yeah. receiver, uh, stud quarterback, and a, a stud running back. They they really have that that, that recipe for traditionally – what has won people Super Bowls and brought you deep into the playoffs. Think back to, as you mentioned, Dallas Cowboys teams that always had those great running back, quarterback, receiver, tandems. Uh, you really go down the lines. You can usually count stud receiver, stud running back, stud quarterback, and uh, and that's generally what's a good recipe to get you deep into the playoffs. Uh, look, heck, look at what Dallas now has done again. As you mentioned, uh, they are relying a lot on their offensive line, but – they have two rookies that are tearing it up, and of course, Des Bryant, who, as nutcase as he may be, is still a talented receiver.
4: Absolutely talented, and as you said, the aforementioned Dak Prescott, who's going to win Rookie of the Year, Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, two guys on the Cowboys that are just tearing it up, as you couldn't have said it any better, Sean.
1: I would say Ezekiel Elliott because I think he's in the MVP conversation right now, and I don't think Dak Prescott is in the MVP conversation, But both have played incredibly well, and they've, I mean, as much as I've all grown up to hate the Cowboys. When I was a kid, the 90s, they were beating everyone, they were dominating, they weren't from around here, so I hated them. That's just how it was for me. I hated the Bulls when I was growing up. I hated that Michael Jordan won all the time. I was a kid of the 90s. What can I say? And so as much as it pains, plus my family's from Philly. I'm not allowed to like the Cowboys. Sure. It's the extended family thing, but... I I, they're playing well they're fun to watch they've been fun to watch this season uh, after game one they haven't lost since and that's that's they've looked impressive that's a credit to to them and they're drafting and the reason they look this good is because they drafted all that offensive line a few years yeah, ago. yeah
4: that's where I was gonna go the offensive line is amazing gotta be the best in football it's definitely if it's not it's one of the top 2
1: sure. because it, but had they not drafted that offensive line 3 4 years ago they wouldn't be where they are with the two rookies because yeah they're both talented but neither of them expected to be at 10 and 1 leading a team this year in fact Prescott was the 4th 5th quarterback taken in the draft
4: oh easily down there yeah
1: Cody Kessler was drafted before him let's put it into perspective for the Cleveland Browns, and I know I like Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. Uh, I thought it, when it, when Romo went down, I thought he would be, you know, I thought he'd be a serviceable guy. I thought he'd keep them in the mix at least. And I'm not a Romo guy. He chokes in the big moments. You know what? They don't need Romo anymore. This is, it'll be an interesting storyline, I think, when you know when off comes, depending on where what happens with Prescott. That that'll be fun to pay attention to. But Thanksgiving, coach. Yes, football. I also threw in the dog show. I like the Philadelphia dog show. I love dogs, so I watched some of that as well. That started at noon. Uh, The wife likes to watch the Macy's Day Parade, being a New Yorker, which I can't stand watching a parade on television. I don't get it, but she does, so she watched that. But it's (laughs) funny. You had all those people over. It was me, Brianne, and my sister. Oh, really? Nobody else. Nobody else. My family... Uh, What about your mom and dad? My parents are, uh, I probably shouldn't say which high school reunion, but my parents are down just outside of Philly at my mother's uh, 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 high school reunion, Um, a significant, oh, screw it. It's the 40th high school reunion for us. That's that's Um, great. So she's down there. My father is down there. And look, it's around Thanksgiving. So they were able to see their, you know, my extended family, both my parents saw their respective mothers, my grandmothers. Um, they saw their siblings, and they were able to enjoy Thanksgiving down there. I just I, I didn't want to drive down. I, I had zero desire to drive down for Thanksgiving. So they enjoyed it down there. And I, I honestly, traveling on Thanksgiving in a bus, in a car, is just the worst thing ever. So I, I just refused. I didn't want to go to New York for Breanne's side. I didn't want to go down to Philly to just be with my parents or my extended family. It would have been, uh, add at least another three hours to the Philly ride, add another two to the New York ride, and that's what you're looking at. So a four-hour ride to six and a six-hour ride to eight, I don't think so. Yeah. So I, and here's the other caveat.
4: Did you, did you learn how to cook a turkey?
1: Uh, first of all, I've, I have cooked, yes, I've cooked turkeys for, I am the cook of the, well, my father and I are the cooks of the family. Okay. So I have cooked in the past for the family. I've cooked turkeys. I've done the stuffing. I've done the whole nine yards. But with just three of us, coach, I bought a chicken instead. I couldn't justify a 15-pound turkey for three people. So I bought a little, I bought a big chicken, but still a a chicken nonetheless. So it saved me money. It saved me time. It (laughs) saved, uh, so, and I know what you're going to say. But everyone said, "Well, why not just buy the turkey breast? I like the damn dark meat. I like the legs, so i wanted I wanted the dark meat, so I bought a chicken, so I didn't have turkey.
4: There you go. <laughs> it worked
1: right, so I made a chicken for my my sister and and the wife but anyway, Thanksgiving was fine for me it's just a day to relax, enjoy company, and like you said, watch some football, watch whatever's on on television, and have a day off
4: Oh it's a great holiday it's It's one of my favorites
1: so i I did enjoy that aspect. The few days prior, however, were three games up at yeah. UNH. We crowned three different champions. Coach, you called?
4: I called all, all three. All Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to tell you about them because I thought it was just good football.
1: Well, let's go in reverse order. Let's start right now. I, I want to hear about right. the D3 game. Let's start smallest and we'll work our way to the biggest.
4: I've had a chance. I'm going to put this in a little perspective. I've had a chance to see... Um, D three a little bit over the years. And when I say D three, let's let's remember that I'm really talking about the old D five and six. Mm-hmm. And there were years where I have seen championship games in that at that level and not really been impressed. But I wanna say that this year, the Stevens team that had beaten Manadnock in the semis and won the championship at UNH over Interlakes Moultonborough. I, I want to say that it, it's the best quality um, execution-wise football at that level that I've I've ever seen in New Hampshire. I, I'm so impressed with how um, the passing game has evolved at all levels in New Hampshire across the board. It it was there was a kid for Stevens that the quarterback Henry Bork. A sophomore, his mechanics were flawless. He threw the ball unbelievable. He had a great target. And a kid named um, um, Parker, he was really good. But but I want to say Stevens won the football game 46 to 20, avenging a regular season loss where they lost to the same Interlakes Moultonboro team 57 to 12. I you know To me, that's just shocking to be able to turn it around and then win in blowout fashion. It really wasn't a blowout until the end because it was um, a back-and-forth football game. Um, in fact, uh, Interlakes-Moultonboro, I think, led a couple times early and Stevens roared back. It was a lot of fun. That was a great game, but I think the thing I took away from that game more than anything was just how far... Um, Football is coming in our state as far as improvement, uh, especially, uh, you know you know, I'm an offensive guy, but I'm going to say it, like offensively, these two teams were balanced. Interlakes had a quarterback named Ryan Kelly, and obviously they have the Andrew Brothers running back. He was outstanding. But Kelly threw the ball well, ran it well. But from the other side, the sophomore, Henry Bork, in my mind, stole the show. He was really special. And um, I really enjoyed the D3 game a lot we kind
1: of saw three, I mean, really three different games, or you got to see three different games with a high scoring affair in division three, kind of a mid-level, what you'd expect in the twenties type of game for division two and no scoring almost in division one. And, uh, we, we saw something similar last year where there were three different styles, three starkly hmm. contrasting games as I know last year we had a, a team win without an offensive touchdown, uh, a team with a prolific offense. Uh, that was the division two game last year. Uh, they, their, their offense tore up everybody all season and then just didn't show up for the championship, but they still won. Thanks to special teams. Yeah. Really. St. Thomas, St. Right. St. Thomas and uh, not necessarily the case this year, but still three starkly contrasting games where, you know, you have Henry Bork, as you said, uh, just about around 200 passing yards, two touchdowns, and, and almost 100 rushing yards himself. Richard Bell, over 100, 115 rushing yards and three touchdowns. And uh, Parker Smith is who Parker we were looking Smith, for. Parker Smith, yeah, sorry. Yeah. 150 receiving yards and a touchdown. It, it's, I'll tell you what, I did not expect Stevens to get past Manadnock in the first place. No,
4: no we thought Manadnock was a lock. Everybody did.
1: I then did not expect Stevens to avenge the regular season season loss. <laughs> I know that they it. had to Interlakes in, in such incredible fashion because the, their loss in the regular season was pretty substantial. I know you didn't see the regular season game.
4: No, Hurry was a turnover fester.
1: How does one team go from losing by double digits to winning? By double digits like that, how how does that happen? Is it? I have no idea. It could be factors from both sides. One team didn't show up one time; the other team didn't show up the next time. How does something like that
4: happen? Well, from what I heard, um Stevens committed somewhere around six turnovers. um Was moving the ball the first time against Interlakes, but bro but but committed six turnovers and a whole bunch of penalties. Um but honestly, that takes Coach Silver for Stevens. That's some great coaching. That's just a great week of of practice going in and and the way they executed and Here's the thing, and I said this in my broadcast. interlakes got the opening kickoff and drove somewhere around seventy yards for the first score. Now, if you're a Stevens team losing fifty seven to twelve in a regular season and in the championship game at u n h You give up a touchdown right away. you got to be as a player and as a coach saying, here we go again. But no, they responded with a touchdown uh, right away on their first drive. And I think right there that touchdown was huge. I know it was early in the game, but I think right there you give kids a belief. We can move it against this club. We just did, and we're going to for the rest of the game. And they did for the rest of the game. They were outstanding. And here's the beautiful thing for Claremont, New Hampshire, where Stevens is located. That's their first football championship since 1968. And it's their first championship of any kind as a school, any sport, since 1989. Hmm. So it's been that long since they experienced any kind of state championship glory. Great for the town of Claremont. I like it over there. I think it's neat. It's an old kind of mill town and stuff. Really good uh that they got they you know coach silver got the town of football championship and um i hope they they got on a fire truck like we do at selling celebrate i don't know what they did but um i All just right. hope that i i just hope that it sort of pumps some more energy into that community because uh it's been lacking for a while so that's great for stevens high school
1: two teams that we were both a bit surprised by, well, really the outcome. Stevens are the team we were surprised by in sure. Division 3. However, in Division 2, there were two teams that really surprised us in being in the championship uh, a team that has been there before, many times, and a team that just moved up in Plymouth and Bow, respectively. So neither of them were expected to be there, but it resulted in the closest game of the day, and that was the second game of the day at UNH. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll talk the Plymouth Bow Division II football championship from last Saturday here on Granite State Game Day, ESPN,
2: New Hampshire. 1250 ESPN, New Hampshire, Manchester's home for high school sports. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com.
0: Imagine this. Your 13-year-old son is at his friend's house. There's probably a bunch of them, all hanging out in the basement. They're watching TV or maybe playing video games. There's lots of joking around, laughing, maybe some roughhousing, and maybe they're doing shots of whiskey in between beers. And maybe one has gone into the liquor cabinet to see what else he can find. Imagine your kid doing that. New Hampshire ranks second in the nation in alcohol use among 12- to 20-year-olds. And almost a third of our teens report that they started drinking before they were 15. You can check the stats at CheckTheStatsNH.org. As parents, we want to protect our kids, but we have to start now before it's too late. Learn how you can make a difference in your child's life at CheckTheStatsNH.org and help the Partnership for a Drug-Free New Hampshire. Start the conversation today.
3: Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata, and I will never forget meeting Alyssa, who suffered from hyperacusis. Alyssa virtually lived in her dark bedroom, and when I spoke with her, I had to do so in a gentle whisper. What is hyperacusis? Well, imagine being in a movie where the soundtrack is turned way, way up. After five minutes, you just have to leave holding your ears. Things like turning newspaper pages, running water, your child placing dishes on the table all are intolerable to someone like Alyssa. Hyperacusis is a strange condition, but even people who suffer from serious migraines experience it. Now, you may not know someone like Alyssa, but her story underscores that all of us are being constantly bombarded with noise. So friend, take the earplugs out and turn down the volume. And when you have a chance, visit disabilitycampaign.org to learn more about hyperacusis and other disabilities. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tada. Sometimes people make assumptions about what someone with a disability can or cannot do. For 15-year-old Katrin, who has cerebral palsy, her disability leaves her unable to speak or move. But Katrin can see and hear. So it's a little awkward when people are standing around her and talking about her. But instead of Katrin and her family brushing others off, they attached a sign to her wheelchair that says, Hi, I'm Katrin. I hear and understand everything you say, but I cannot speak. I can answer questions using yes or no, so please ask me if I need my communication board. Thanks for talking with me. (laughs) By showing people how to communicate with her, Katrin is helping change attitudes and is building relationships. When it comes to connecting with someone who has a disability, it just takes a little communication and a little understanding.
0: Outdoor Almanac. Brought to you by New Hampshire Fishing Games Wildlife Journal. You
2: don't have to be a history major to know that a lot has changed since 1865. Just look out your back door. As author Jack Noon explained in the January-February edition of Wildlife Journal in an article titled, 150 Years Conserving New Hampshire's Wildlife. In 1865, the legislature authorized the governor to appoint two commissioners on fisheries who quickly set to work introducing landlocked salmon and smallmouth bass to the state and attempting to restore the salmon and shad runs. A few years after that, the fish commissioners were charged with wildlife responsibility as well. Hunting licenses were introduced for non-residents in 1903. In 1917, fishing licenses became available. In that 150 years, there have been many Fish and Games success stories, and some that didn't quite make the cut. But because of those efforts that started in 1865, seeing deer, moose, bear, eagles, and turkeys is not the uncommon occurrence it once was.
3: Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests.
2: Interested in pursuing a career in radio or television? Visit NHAB.org, the online home of the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters. Visit our online job bank at NHAB.org to view current job openings and even post your resume for potential employers. Students, visit NHAB.org to apply for the NHAB Student Broadcaster Scholarship and learn about available internships. NHAB.org, the online source of Granite State Broadcasting. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Manchester's home for Friday Night Lights.
1: What an appropriate song after we had a week off last who is, week. Huh? Who is this? L. Cool Day. Don't, don't call it a comeback. I've been here. Mama said knock you out. Is the song. So all I can hear is don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. And since that's his opening line of the song, don't call it a comeback. We have been here. We just took last week off. An appropriate song. This is a good one, Coach. I can't believe you don't know this one. This is eh, late 80s, early 90s, probably early 90s, L, Cool J, Mama Said Knock You Out.
4: It's a good one. It is a good one. It's a good one. Got a good beat. I just uh, it's your, show my age. You have, No, well, no, here's the
1: thing, Coach. You're very in tune with modern music yeah,
4: i am because of the teaching of the high
1: school
0: right yeah, but I, I
1: imagine because of that due to that there are songs over the years that you're gonna forget if you're mm-hmm. if you're hearing let, let's put it this way my father doesn't listen he doesn't care about any of the newer music he's he likes what he likes from you know 70s 80s you know, there's a couple things here and there that he likes that are newer, but generally that's what he's going to stick to. So he doesn't have to remember or care to remember anything newer from the, from any of those. You have learned every new song literally throughout, well, since you were a kid. you Because you've just been in tune with modern students and younger younger students and course you had your kids but you're you had the the, you have the high school kids around you now and before your kids were older i'm sure the high school kids kept you up to date with what was like you've had so many different styles and music that you're it's okay to forget some it's okay i'm not holding that against you
4: coach thank you because <laughs> you know what I, teaching gym class i don't know the class goes better when there's music playing Dude, I don't know if you had when you were at Alvern if they ever like put music on during <laughs> phys ed, but I wish I, I would have I it would have helped. Yes. I go out and you know, I'll either ask the kids to like you know, cue up some songs from their phone, of course, they have to get rid of all the uh, explicit right there's ones. the explicit <laughs> the expletives that needed to go, but yeah. if you know, but I just as a backup, this is kind of corny, but. I go to Walmart and buy Now 57, Now 58, <laughs> Now 59. You know those Nows? Yes, I remember and the So I listened the other day and this one had Bieber, it had Taylor Swift, it had Timberlake. It was pretty good, actually. I don't know
1: if I, I can like... handle Bieber, Swift, and Timberlake. <laughs> in uh, in my, a gym class, I uh, know. Right. I think I would have asked you to turn it off if I were in that yeah, gym class. Yeah, that's <laughs>
4: probably a lot of kids, too, I think. Anyway. I also,
1: when I was in high school, coach, we couldn't cue up music on our phones. We had phones. Yeah, we couldn't right, queue up music that's on our phones. We had flip phones, and in fact, we weren't even allowed to have them in school. So if we took them out, even with they were off, yoink, they would be taken from us. So uh, there was no queuing up anything in any capacity when I was in high school. I
4: always give this speech, you know, at the beginning, like as far as cell phones go, you know, I'm an easygoing guy. I don't want you looking at your cell phone during my class. But if you have an emergency. You know, or something somebody, you know, your mom texts you and say you're getting dismissed or something, then you gotta look at it, you gotta look at it, you know, and of course they're always looking at their cell phones. And I look up and I say, Come on and they're like, Emergency? <laughs> yeah, right. Every single time it's emergency. Every time, every time. Just like it's a guarantee every time uh one girl asks to go to the bathroom. Her friend has to go with her. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that's not, it's no, just I'm the just, truth.
1: Yeah, because I, I I still don't I still don't get it.
4: I don't get it either. I still uh, don't get it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> hey, the football games last weekend. So we got Bo, the upstart team moving up a division, moving up with Coach Cohen, who's an s- unbelievable coach. They obviously, shouldn't have gotten past John Stark, but did in what? the first round, Twice twenty-seven during-
1: to twenty-one. Yeah. They shouldn't have gotten past third-seeded Hanover, 38-24.
4: to At Hanover.
1: And both of them on the road. So Stark, yeah. the second seed. Hanover, the third seed. As, as the seventh seed, they're in the championship game. Similarly, Plymouth, at least their first game was at home. They were the, they were the fourth seed. They hosted St. Thomas. They won. They should have won. However, Wyndham, a team that you... Me, yeah. Joe Marshallina, Dave Haley, Pete Terrier, guys who see all these teams have discussed as Wyndham being a team that could have made a run at the Division One championship. That's how talented we thought they were. Or at least make a run in the playoffs in Division
4: One. Sure. They were they were big and strong.
1: They are hosting Plymouth and they lose by two points twenty to eighteen. I'd say it was the biggest upset in all of the playoffs for football this year. I know that you know Hanover's. I mean Hanover losing to Bow. That's uh, the third to the seventh seed. Uh, Bow and Stark. That's the second seed to the seventh seed. So there's more. You know there's five places in between from Bow to Stark. Wyndham looked like an unstoppable force. Similar to I mean I guess they division dominated th- their schedule. They averaged right, something they like did. fifty points a game. In division three, I know we said, you know, we expected uh Manadnock to be there. We all jo- and so maybe that Monadnock losing to Stevens was more uh, a a larger upset or more of a surprising upset. I guess that you could make an
4: argument there. You could because uh not only you could because it was twenty one to six Monadnock at the half clearly in control at home, and Stevens roared back with, um, you know, something like 20 unanswered. Um, and in the Plymouth-Wyndham game, at one point it was 17-6 to Plymouth um, winning handily and, and really looking strong, and then Wyndham came back. But um, I, I think you're right. I think because Wyndham was so dominant during right. the regular season, I really think that was the biggest upset. Plymouth beating Wyndham and Plymouth getting to the show. And Plymouth then taking on Bow at UNH
1: and notching there I honestly I couldn't even how many championships.
4: Twenty four, well, I think 24, they announced. Twenty four. Twenty fourth. It was unbelievable. First one for Coach Chris Sanborn, long time coach and player there.
1: Twenty seven, twenty four. So it was a three point game. Yeah. The closest game that you got to see, the closest game we got to see from UNH on Saturday a week ago it was this is kind of what i expect out of high school this type of score anywhere between 14 17 to 24 27 this is about generally what i expect especially at a championship game is that fair to say
4: yeah i think in the 20s yeah um is is
1: late teens to high 20s that 10 point range is generally what i expect no i agree and not what we saw in Division Three, the first game, kicking off at 11 a.m. No points m. everywhere.
4: <clears throat> 46-20.
1: Not what we saw in the, the Division One game.
4: Defense, defense, defense in that game.
1: So this was, was this a balanced game?
4: Yeah, it was great. It was back and forth. So did
1: you actually go from almost like a, a seesaw? Offense, in the three games, offense, both,
0: yeah, and defense. Is yeah,
1: that kind like of what, that.
4: what it looked like during the day? It did. No doubt about it. And uh, I have to say that um, all the games were great, but this middle game, not just because of the way it ended, and I'll kind of go into that a little bit, but um, it was just really, really well played. Really well played. And like you said, because there were great defensive plays, great plays on special teams, um, and really both offenses, for what they do, and it was a stark, contrast, you know, Plymouth totally, they ran the ball every time except for two in the game, (laughs) and I'll get to their final pass, which was only their second pass in a minute, but and then uh, Bo was just so balanced. They were able to run the ball. They were able to throw the ball. Their quarterback is Harkins, I believe. He was outstanding. He really was. Another, the quarterback play, even with the running teams, the quarterback play that's what I took from the day, Sean. The quarterback play has improved so much in New Hampshire. You know, I like the kid that we coached this year over in Conval, Danny Spezaferi, put up great numbers. But I walked away from the three championship games saying, "Um, yeah, Dan had a good year and he's a good player, but there's a lot of really good quarterbacks now in the state of New Hampshire. And I don't think we said that as much as even five years ago. There was one here, one there. Mm. Now, you know, Championship Saturday, there were like four out of the six quarterbacks really um, were the key figures in their offenses, you know, of four out of six. No, five out of six because even, um, you know, I won't say who I didn't think. I mean, all the quarterbacks were really, really talented on Saturday, and I think that position because, I think it's because, of um a lot of reasons, but a lot but I think because of the spread being more um prolific now, you know i i uh I think in that offense really but even non spread quarterbacks threw the ball very well, handled the their offenses great, ran the ball well, I think a Kyle ball of Exeter, but I'm jumping around a little bit back to the Bow Plymouth game, it came down to the end
1: twenty seven twenty four was the final
4: right and Plymouth. Basically had a four-minute drill. They did. To end the game. Yeah, it's a good point. And, and they, they ran the ball during it. The whole time, I was like, when are they going <laughs> to?
1: Well, they finally did throw it, and when did they throw it, Coach?
4: They threw it with 16 seconds left. Um, there was a mark-off. It was a very big penalty. It was a face mask on Bo. And it brought the ball from the 30 down to the 15. Wow. And I think there was 16 ticks left, and at this point, although Plymouth had run every play on the ground in this four-minute span, as you're describing, where they drove the length of the field, they finally had a take to the air. And the play was Plymouth likes to run what we call waggle or bootleg where the quarterback fakes the run and sort of flushes himself out. In this case, he flushed himself out to the right, to his throwing hand. He had three receivers flowing with him. But his fullback, who would normally flow with him and be in front of him in the flat, so to speak, he went the other way. He went through the middle of the line and ran a corner pattern to complete opposite throwing side of the quarterback. So Plymouth's quarterback starts to bootleg to the right, and then he just turns his hips back and throws it all the way clear back across the field to the the, the left corner of the end zone. And he finds the fullback, Garrett, The great runner, Garrett Maycumber, for an easy pitching – I mean, not easy, but he got behind the secondary by about five yards. The pass was laid right up perfectly in stride, and it was a great play call, a great play design. He just – he kind of caught the defense thinking everything's going to their left, to the offense's right. Right. And he slipped and went in the opposite direction. And that's something Plymouth does well, throwback screens and – Things like that, and this wasn't a screen. This was a a corner pattern or a flag pattern to the back corner of the end zone. Now, then they kick off, and Bo actually in just fifteen seconds they get the ball to pretty much midfield. And then um, I think maybe a penalty knocked him back, but so they weren't completely out of it because they had a pretty. Both teams had good kickers. Yeah. And I know you can appreciate that they both I do had, very much. So they had good kickers, and and if Bo had you know gotten within forty yards, they would have had a chance, but they didn't. And Plymouth ended up winning a twenty fourth championship, but just a beautifully, beautifully played football game by two teams that they executed great and you know almost penalty free football. It was awesome.
1: I'm actually waiting for the time when New Hampshire high school football catches up to all facets and have great punters as well. They're finally, they're, they're, they've caught up, you said it yourself, on great quarterbacks. Yeah, they have. They really have. They're catching up on great kickers. They really are. Yeah. There's, you can now, you used to never be able to say there are any great kickers in the state of New Hampshire. One, a, a season, maybe. Now you can pick out a few. That's catching up. You're, you've got about, you know, a third to a half where you can say, you know what, I trust this guy implicitly for a, a PAT and for a 30-plus yarder before not the case I'm waiting now the next step and I'm not sure why as being a former goalkeeper in soccer punting when I played football I was the D end who also punted because I could I, it yeah. was it came naturally it's not a difficult facet of the game I'm waiting for that to catch up as well because once that comes in you can really force people back into the corners you can uh, you can just it, it, you you can play the game the right way so I'm waiting as much as it sounds stupid. Because everyone, oh, the kicker, the punter, this and that. I'm waiting for the punting game to catch up in the state of New Hampshire. Yeah, if, I really you said,
4: if you said, Coach P, pick out 10 teams randomly and tell me about quarterback play, I'd say seven. Seven quarterbacks look really, really good. I would say that six or seven kickers can make field goals 40 yards and in, 35 yards and in. PATs are like 90%. Yeah. If you said the punting, I'd say maybe Two. Two. I'd agree with that. So twenty percent—that's part of the game that that's gotta—and it will gotta catch up. Better. You know, they'll figure it
1: out. You figured it out. I mean, your your punter, who was your quarterback, <laughs> is now uh, you know an all-American punter. Yeah, he's uh,
4: he actually in the nation division two, all the division two teams in the United States. He finished second, Tyler Incredible. Ford, and um, he set two school records. Um, he set the record for average yards in a season, um, punting average. Sorry. And the other record he set twice was well, a year ago he kicked a sixty eight yard punt. Then this cool. year he matched it with a sixty eight. So I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool, one in each season. But then he got a seventy three in his last game. <laughs> so um Tyler Tyler has a chance actually. If an NFL team gives him a chance as a as he he's looking for like uh what do you call go to a he's trying to become a free agent. Yeah. Uh, he knows he well. would never be drafted as a punter, but he could get a free agent look. Absolutely. And he's athletic. If you get a free agent look, you
1: get paid for whatever time you spend with them. And it's not chump change. You're going to get paid for if you spend, uh, you know... Like two, three weeks, a full Right, break. you spend a month with right. them to in you know to when they're trying to figure out who's going to win the punting competition. You're probably going to make more in that month than you would all year with, ever, with whatever job you're going to get right out of college. So... <laughs> Go for it, my man. Go for it. I think that would be really cool. But that's, that's a digression. Back to the game. I want to wrap up right now because I want to get to Division One. Sure. Plymouth over Bow, 27-24, a four-minute drill. If I asked you how many times Garrett Maycomber uh, carried the ball, how many times would you have guessed?
4: In the game on In the that, game, total. Um, you know what? He was on the sideline a little bit. There was, they put another fullback in. He arrested resting him a little bit. So I would say he only carried it this game about – 22 times. 31. 31.
1: 31 times. Cause I, and I knew, you know, they're good at running other guys out there. That's, that's just
4: that's They their ran game. another fullback run other
1: there. guys out there. That's Plymouth. They've yeah. always run other guys and out
4: there. And they can because they're deep, yeah.
1: Right. 31 times. 178 wow. yards, two touchdowns. And, of course, the one that meant the most. But, you know, the team, as a team, Plymouth, had less than 300 yards.
4: Right. Maycomber Both played great. And
1: counted for 178 of them on the ground. Wow. On the ground. That doesn't count his 16 yard reception for the touchdown to seal the game for Plymouth. So Plymouth walks away for the, with their first championship since the end of the Lenahan yes. era and really in impressive fashion. Was this the, the best game of the day? Yeah, it was. Most
4: well rounded? It was. It was really great execution and just, I was proud for, our, I was very proud as a coach in Division Two for our division to show that well. Because a year ago, you and I called Wyndham St. Thomas, mm-hmm. and I don't know if Nick was nearby or Nick was with us, and he kept saying to me he wasn't that impressed with the level because he had called a Division Two game during the season in our Friday Night Lights game of the week, and it wasn't a great game either. And 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 had anybody, everybody there, really felt like Division Three and Division Two really represented themselves well as yeah. divisions? As far as the level of play and the execution, it was great.
1: That's 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 what you like to hear because you want everyone to realize that just like New Hampshire being Massachusetts little brother and you know, okay, there aren't any talent up there isn't any talent up there. Now that people are realizing that, we need to realize that there's a lot of talent in the lower divisions as well. And Division Three last year we watched some phenomenal running backs. Phenomenal for Newport and Interlakes. Uh, it was just really fun to watch those running backs. Uh, this year, a little bit different. You saw more of a uh, throwing game as well, but it really has been fun to watch the game evolve here in the state of New Hampshire. But I'm going to take a quick time timeout. We get back. We need to talk Division I championship uh, with a very small margin, but a little bit larger than Division II, a uh, much lower scoring, however. We'll talk about that uh, when we get back here on Granite State Game Day, ESPN, New Hampshire.
2: 1250 ESPN, New Hampshire. Manchester's home for Friday Night Lights. Have you been putting off a home improvement project because your budget's a little tight? Well, put it off no longer. Nashua Wallpaper is your one-stop decorating center for cabinets, countertops, flooring, paint and supplies, wallpaper, window treatments, and especially designing and remodeling kitchens and baths. With top-of-the-line products from Advantage, Craftmade, and others, your kitchen or bath will be looking beautiful in no time. Find out more at NashuaPaint.com. Have you suffered a motor vehicle injury and need professional assistance? Do you need a team that gets you back on track and taking the green? That team for you is Bartis Law. Bartis Law has three attorneys
1: and two paralegals that can assist you if you've been injured in an accident. Athletes get injured on the field and
2: on the track all the time. Routine injuries can be expected in sports. Accidents are not anticipated in everyday activities. If you get injured in a motor vehicle accident, call Bartis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit www.bartislaw.com. Stress. It can make your heart race, your head pound, and your stomach churn. While a little stress can be a good thing and even help you perform under pressure, too much stress can be bad for your health, causing headaches, stomach pain, trouble sleeping, and even a weakened immune system. In the United States, it's estimated that up to 90% of visits to primary care doctors are due to stress-related health problems. It's hard to avoid stress altogether, but there are steps you can take to manage it. During National Stress Awareness Month in April, visit Optum.com stress for more information about how to prevent stress from getting the better of you, including stress first aid techniques you can do in the moment when you're feeling stressed, and stress prevention techniques to help change the way you approach and think about certain situations. To learn more, visit Optum.com stress. That's optu dot stress. A public service message from this station. The ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's home for high school sports.
1: segment of the first hour. Glad you're waking up with us here. Granite State Game Day with myself, Sean Sendall, and the coach Mike Bellevue, bringing the recap, at least during the first hour, of the championship games from UNH which happened a week ago. And uh, we don't have much time, but we saved the game that, uh, if you like defense, was the best for last. If you like a balanced game, you liked your middle game, and if you liked offense, you liked the first game. That's really what it looked like this weekend, so coach, your favorite game must have been you know the the morning game, and then just progressively got worse in your eyes,
4: <laughs> yeah, the defensive game wasn't the style that I like, but I did great athletes on the field, and you know when I started to think about it, it was pretty cool with the defenses playing so well that it's hard to score, so whoever does might just win this game, and that's just what happened. It was a play where um the great quarterback from Bedford, Connor Robert. Uh, he's a real good one he's got great mechanics too he uh he brought sharuk hussein in motion from right to left and he jabbed the ball so it looked like it was going to be that speed sweep play yep. you know the jet sweep play and if you can picture the the outside backer and the corner for exeter they thought run 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 so they stepped up well as they stepped up for the run the wide receiver noah shabarak for bedford He just ran by them, and they both pointed at him. I've seen it on replays, on the highlights. (laughs) They both pointed at him like who's got – or pointed at each other and pointed deep like who has him. He got 20 yards behind coverage. It was an easy 30 – maybe like 25-yard touchdown pass, Connor Robert to Noah Schabarick, and that was the touchdown. Um, Just a quick assessment. I thought that star players like Braden Lowry, these are the running backs for – Exeter, Cam Flanagan, Braden Lowry, and the quarterback Kyle Ball were all held in check by a fast, aggressive gang tackle in Bedford defense. I thought if there was a star of the game, it didn't happen until the second half. Nick Leahy, after halftime, got most of his yards. He was he he ran the ball great for Bedford. So his running and the timely passing of Connor Robert um got them. Over the top, because truthfully, Hussein, who should have been the star in the passing game, the receiver for Bedford, didn't do a lot. Neither did Liam Green, who's a very good receiver. It really was Shabarek and Nick Leahy and Connor Robert getting them the ball. Very, very good performance. Coach Derek Stank and his staff, congratulations to them. That's his first championship. Bedford had been to the big dance three times and were 0 for 3, so they kind of got that monkey off their back. Obviously, with Bill Ball... Coaching Exeter, they've had a ton of championships, and but this is two years in a row they've gone there and, and walked away without a victory,
1: which is uh, again as you mentioned, uh, Coach Bill Ball's been there a number of times. Exeter, they just breed them out there for that style of play and to get to that game. Uh, you know, a, f- a few years ago, actually, it was well more than a few because it was when there were six divisions, when you know they were winning Division Two left and right constantly, constantly winning Division Two. And they kind of were pressured into going into Division 1. They, they acquiesced. Really, that's what happened. Uh, they still had the size that could remain in Division 2, but they just dominated everybody constantly. They go up to Division 1. This was, again, more than a few years ago. I said a few. They went winless the first year in Division 1, followed by a championship season. I believe an undefeated championship I think so, season. too, yeah. So they went winless their first year in Division One. It was like Coach Ball had to get his players to step up, but it took rather than just a game or two. It took an entire year of seeing the speed. Think of a minor leaguer stepping up to the majors. Think of a JV stepping up to varsity. It was the same thing. But they got it after one year. And they've, they've clearly figured it all out because they are playing the best teams constantly – and they're still always consistently one of the best teams. It was, for I think, coming into the season, I think maybe a surprise to see Exeter as as talented as they they were. Uh, they did have a tough loss to Portsmouth this year that didn't make the playoffs. Right, But Exeter was, and always is, just that talented. Bedford just had that... I mean, I'm sure... It was a miscommunication on the defensive side. I'm sure Coach Ball was not happy to see that. Uh, it was a misread by his defense for two particular players and that was that was the one mistake one mistake yeah that was the difference in the game
4: yeah because they played excellent defense too but it really was a you could see them both pointing and the receiver was just hand open running wide open and it was a blown coverage uh hate to see a touchdown happen that way but it did and Congratulations to Bedford. Credit to Bedford with the play call. It happened because yeah. of the play call. Yeah, I think, it I think that motion, it blown play. you know, jabbing the running back like it's going to be a jet sweep and everybody going flat foot right. on the perimeter and then the receiver just running clean. So it's not just
1: a blown call, a blown play because of a blown no, play. It no was doubt.
4: it was exactly what Bedford
1: tried to lull them into and it worked. I think so, so. credit to Bedford with their championship 7-0. Uh, we have to hit the top of the hour. We have the second hour coming up. We have Patriots. We have Celtics. Uh, we have NBA, college basketball, college football, big game today. Everything still on the table. Second hour here on the Grand State Game Day with myself, Sean
4: Sandell, the coach, Mike Bellevue, coming up. Hey,
0: Chelsea.